0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Watts, your host. And today we have a special guest with us, Angie Harrell. She's a resident here in the Brazos Valley in Snook, Texas, born and raised. And she has her PhD in curriculum and instruction. She has three gold medals in powerlifting. That's right. Three gold medals in powerlifting. She's in the top 10 in the world in her age group. Sorry, in her age and weight class. Thanks for coming on to the podcast.
1: Thanks.
0: Yeah, so I'm super excited about this conversation um, just because I've gotten to know you a little bit um, as a patient helping you work through some injuries. Mm-hmm. And so I want everybody to hear that story and then much more of everything you have to say about what you've done in your life in the last 50 years to uh, and somewhat transform it um, into getting to the point where you are now because it wasn't always like that. Um, so maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself first to get started, kind of hear your background. Oh, um, how you got into what you did with your PhD. Um, you're also a mother yep. and a power lifter.
1: All right. So, powerlifting is new. So, we'll start. Um, taught elementary, high school, junior high, college courses. Did that for about 17 years and then decided to go back to school and got my PhD. Worked in higher ed. Did some large scale research projects with. Uh, IES, which is the, what is it? The education it's DC, it's the, hmm. um, national education funding. So did some large scale research and decided, you know what, that's a lot of work, uh, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. So in the meantime of all that, I was also diagnosed with Addison's and Hashimoto's, which are two autoimmune disorders. Uh, Addison's requires lifelong steroid, um, dosing to keep you going basically. Mm. So, uh, that was another impetus to kind of change direction. So all of that together, I think led me to want to get healthier. So before that, I mean, we were, my husband and I were busy raising two kids. So we have my son Cullen is 26 and my daughter Deanna is 23. So that was our focus. Um, sports, 4-H, SBJSD, school things. Um, But like I said, after that, with the diagnosis, uh, it really became important to take care of myself and to get healthy. Uh, Another thing about steroids, they put a lot of weight on you. So I had gained a tremendous amount of weight, um, lost some of that, and was like, I need to find something to keep that weight off. I know the weight's not going to stay off unless I have some kind of physical activity to keep me busy. So I had done lots of different things over the years. I mean, everything from aerobics to water aerobics, Uh, I tried to run, but I hate running, but I kept trying to run, but I hate running (laughs) with a passion. (laughs) So that didn't work. Um, I'd done CrossFit for a while, uh, but with the Addisons, it's just too much wear and tear on my body. Um, Tried cycling, spinning classes, uh, but none of it was something that I could maintain. Uh, I wasn't excited about it. I didn't want to do it. I would find excuses not to. Um, and so it was really just coming to a point where I was like, I have to find something. Um, and one night I was praying about it. I was like, okay, I, I know I have to find something. I know I need to do something. And uh, the first thing that came to my mind was, you really liked the weightlifting
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you did CrossFit, because um, there were times when I went to CrossFit and I would like want to sneak out the back door after the weightlifting part was over.
0: I don't think you're the only one.
1: <laughs> and just skip the <laughs> wad, uh, but I loved, I loved the lifting. I loved, um, I loved being able to lift the weights, and it kind of came naturally. And but my first inclination was, well. That's not going to work. I'm 46, 47 years old. You can't start something like that physical at my age. The other one is you have two autoimmune disorders. You're broken. Uh, Your body is not going to be able to handle that. You're not going to be able to do that. And so basically I was like, no, that's not going to work. And God was like, basically not my strength, not your strength, but my strength. And I was like, hmm, no, that's not (laughs) going to (laughs) work. And so I tried some other things and it, it came back and I was like, okay, uh, I think you're wrong, but you know, we'll give this a go. And so one of my, I work at the college of medicine now, which is a fabulous job. Um, And one of my med students actually, I was talking to her about it because I knew that she worked out a lot. And she's like, oh, uh, my husband, you know, works at one of the local gyms. One of the trainers was an uh, international powerlifter. I'm like, hmm, interesting. She goes, I'll hook it up. Y- y'all can have a meeting. And so I met with him in December of 17, and we kind of chatted. And he's like, there's no reason that you can't do this. Uh, And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I mean, I'd never been to a gym in my life. I knew nothing about how to warm up for that. I knew nothing about any of these machines that were in the gym. Uh, My only, the only thing I'd ever done with weights was in the CrossFit box. Uh, And I mean, I knew nothing. And we started working out in January of 18. And I set the goal that I wanted to do a meet when I was 50. So that was my goal. And probably the smartest thing I did was I gave myself two years uh, to prepare. Cause I knew that it was, I was starting at zero. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. And we started working out. He, ended up getting another job and left. So I started working out with another trainer who had, who also had competed. And in June, actually June 26th of that year, I was doing a squat and I just finished a squat workout and went to return the bar to the rack. And my hand stuck to the knurling on the left side and missed the clip to return the bar and pop backwards and my humerus popped in half. Hmm. So I had a thoroughly clean break of the humerus Uh, because of the Addison's. When we met with the surgeon, we decided to not do surgery first off, just because of the risk of surgery and decided to try to let it heal. We thought it was healing, Uh, but about eight weeks in, we realized it was not healing at all. So we did surgery. And to help promote the healing, they were going to, well, they weren't going to. They took a bone graft from my femur. It's called the Rhea procedure. Uh, basically, it's pretty cool. It's like a little drill with a vacuum on it that goes inside the bone and pulls out uh, all the good stuff to pack into the break. So they did that, um, had a plate, 12 screws. The bone started healing almost immediately. It was, Perfect. Um, went back to work, was walking across actually was on main campus one day talking to some undergrads. Um, extreme pain got to the point where I actually couldn't even put any weight on my leg. So my husband came and graciously picked me up. Uh, we went, had imaging done, nothing showed up, saw the surgeon again and they're like, maybe you overdid it. Uh, you know, which anybody who knows probably would not be surprised that I was probably doing more than I should have been doing at that point. So they're like, let's give it some time to rest. So we were letting it rest. Uh, I still cannot put any weight on it. I was in a wheelchair, um, couldn't do crutches because of the arm. So a wheelchair was the only option ended up spending about two, two and a half months in a wheelchair. Uh, By the grace of God, my surgeon actually went to a conference on orthopedic trauma. And one of the papers presented was unusual sequelae of the Rhea procedure, which Mm. was microfractures of the femur that do not show up on imaging because they're so tiny. Um, And that's what it was. So he returned from his conference on a Tuesday. And on a Thursday, I was in surgery, having a nail put in my femur. For surgery, uh, I had to spend more time in the wheelchair um, and then started physical therapy to learn to walk again. Um, I'll, I'll never forget my first day of physical therapy. I was sitting there and they were like, raise your leg. And I was holding on to the side of the table and giving it everything I had, pouring sweat, and my leg literally would not move. And I thought, well, this is not going to go well uh, if I'm going to keep lifting. Uh, I should say I uh, was known at the gym as the lady in the wheelchair because I continued to go to the gym throughout that whole entire time. Uh, My daughter would drive me and dress me and uh, then take me home. So, um, it also got her to work out, which was great. but uh, i I didn't quit that that's kind of what kept me going is uh, it gave me something to do. It gave me something to look forward to. It gave me something, uh, you know, to give me hope. But anyway, learn to walk again. Uh, I do not know how babies do it. <laughs> um, there There was so much involved in, you know knowing which muscles to use and To get it going, Uh, one of my favorite Bible stories now is uh, Jesus healing the lame, because in the stories it always says, you know, he healed them and they got up and they walked and they leaped, and I'm like, uh, no, that's not quite how it goes. There's a if that's if that's what really happened, I mean, that's even more miraculous than what we even think about because that's not what happens Uh, when everything shuts down like that. There's a lot of work involved, so. and finally at the end of January of 19, I started walking independently. So no cane, no walker, no wheelchair, just me walking. Uh, and that really was amazing. Uh, but of course, going back to the gym, I, I was still going, we were doing unilateral work. Uh, I remember using the one pound weight and thinking, Oh my gosh, this is the heaviest thing ever. Um, I remember, you know, trying to pick up dumbbells and just trying to do a bodyweight squat and uh, it was nothing. Uh, so just, but kept working at it. And in my impatience, decided to do a rookie meet in November of 19. So a rookie meet is for a first time. Uh, people who don't have a total and it's usually a smaller meet. And there's a lot of teaching involved in commands and uh, just a little more low pressure. So did that in November um, of 19, missed every single squat, Um, every single squat.
0: So what does that mean? Can you explain Uh, at a powerlifting meet, um, the three lifts and then.
1: Okay. So in a powerlifting meet, there are three lifts. It's the squat, the bench and the deadlift. Uh, And then there are standards that you have to meet for each lift and for the squat, uh, you have to go below parallel. Otherwise you get a red light. There are three judges. Um, and if you get two white lights, it will still count. You'll get credit for it. Uh, I got three red lights on all three of my attempts. So for each lift, you get three attempts. Uh, actually the miracle of that is, uh, I usually don't do very well with defeat. Uh, with not performing. And so the mere fact that I was able to still go and lift after that was probably a bigger accomplishment than actually doing the meet. But I didn't get the squat. I didn't hit depth. Uh, That is what it is. Uh, I tried to tell myself it's because I was in a wheelchair at that time last year, uh, which it could have been, but I just wasn't strong enough yet uh, to do that. But I finished out with the bench and the deadlift and that competition. If you just have your bench and deadlift, it's called push-pull. So I ended up uh, winning my age and weight class and push-pull for that meet. But the good thing is, is then because you don't have a total, which a total is the total of all three lifts, you can still do another rookie meet. So I continued training. And my next rookie meet was scheduled to be in March.
0: Of 2020.
1: Of 2020. Actually, the weekend, everything shut down. So it was canceled. Um, and But I, I've continued to train when the gyms were shut down. I trained at home as much as I could. Uh, but ended up with a lot of pain. And to the point where walking was any distance was excruciating. Um, the grocery store, I would use the cart kind of like a walker so that I could make it through. And then that's what brought me to you to help fix that. So worked really hard on that worked on, you know, getting stronger and finally after several reschedules was able to do a competition what, a week and a half ago now and got a total Uh, I can say that when I got that first squad and got three white lights, that was probably one of the most exciting uh, moments of my life. Uh, You know, you set a goal and it was, it's been two years and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's been some COVID, there's been some broken bones um, and it really was an answer Uh, to a lot of prayers and just confirmation that, you know, uh, God is there. He has a plan. He has a purpose. Um, He was right to begin with. Uh, You know, I thought that was a really wild, crazy idea that a Mm -hmm. 50 year old woman could be lifting heavy weights, but uh, you know, it's doable and it was exciting. And it, the mere fact that, you know, he was, he was there the entire time. He brought the right people into my life to keep that dream alive and keep it going. Um, I think it's it's just proof that he can take something that is literally broken. I mean, before I thought I was broken, but it wasn't something you could see. And now, you know, uh, literally broken bones. And he he knitted those back together and made them stronger than they were before. My numbers are now higher than they were pre-injury uh, and so that's super exciting and I feel like there's still there's still pounds that I can add to that oh yeah so that's that's,
0: that's fun
1: <laughs> that's exciting yeah new goals
0: yeah well we are, we'll talk about some goals here in a second one thing I wanted to circle back to is you kind of have this at least in the last three years you had this mentality of never quit I mean you said that you know never quit you still went to the gym when you're in a wheelchair But um, is that something you always had? Um, And I would say at least after college, um, did you have that mentality? Because growing up, you had mentioned that, I mean, you were somewhat active, but then you were inactive. And you became a mother. uh, You went through some weight gain. And then you finally kind of got to this point. But was it always like that? Or is that something that you've always kind of battled with?
1: So I think personality wise, I call it stubbornness. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do. I mean, when I put my mind to something, it, I don't, I don't quit. Uh, and so it's been different things at different times, you know, uh, I think, you know, when I started teaching that was, you know, I don't give up on kids. I don't give up on, uh, what I'm doing and projects, um, uh, you know, with my kids, you know, that, you know, we did what we needed to to for them to succeed, uh, not only academically, but, you know, in the sports that they did in their extracurriculars. Um, but I think probably during that time, I focused more of that on them and not me. And so once, you know, they're kind of grown and doing their thing. Uh, but yeah, I think I think not quitting is just kind of part of who I am. It's just where I focus it at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I finished my PhD in 35 months. So there's a little bit of workaholic, don't stop until you reach that goal. Uh, But I always, but I am very goal oriented. I always have to have a goal. Uh, And then once I set that goal, I'm pretty tenacious about keeping at it. But I would say this, this goal probably was harder because there were more, Big challenges that popped up, but honestly, without it, I don't, without the power lifting, without lifting, I don't know if I would have had the tenacity to keep going. Cause it, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in the wheelchair and they're like, Oh, we really don't know what's going on. You know, I, I'll be honest. There were days I was like, I am I going to walk? Surely I'm going to walk cause I can't find anything wrong. So mm-hmm. surely I'm going to walk, but why can't I walk now? Um, but then I just go to the gym and do some warm work and go, okay, it'll happen.
0: Yeah.
1: I could always just bench press.
0: Well, that's not a category. It <laughs> just is push, Just push. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, um, so it's really more of a mentality of never quit something you started. Yeah. Um, because that was your issue. I think going into, deciding what to do to take back you know your health was just getting something started and that may have been part of the fear of you want of saying you couldn't do that or didn't want to do that uh, or it's not possible because you know yourself that when you start that thing like you're not there's no going back you're gonna you're gonna do what you said and so also with the way you you said you're goal-oriented um I mean I think a lot of people they want to set goals. I mean, it happens every year with new years. Um, but even throughout the year, people are, are setting goals, but what, um, what is it about the way you set your goals or go about thinking about how you, what goals to set? Is it, is it telling people that this is my goal or is it all just you or what has helped you stay accountable to those goals? Cause a lot of people struggle with that.
1: I mean, I would say there's a lot of goals I've set in the past. Well, there's some goals that I've said in the past that I just haven't uh, maintained or reached. But I think when it comes to being active, you have to find the one thing that I want to say that speaks to you, that motivates you. Uh, I'm not a morning person, but I go to the gym every single morning, uh, but it's not a motivation issue. It's, I enjoy it. It was finding that thing that, that I enjoy. And then the goals are kind of secondary almost. Um, And it happens. Um, I I really think, you know, there's, there's so many activities out there that you can do. I mean, and there's every day there's, you know, new, new classes, new somethings that you can do. And, Mm you know, everybody's like, Oh, well you should do this, or you should do this and you have to do cardio or you, uh, I mean, I, I think what's more important is you find the thing that you really enjoy that, that, that makes you feel good and confident about yourself as, as a person as, um, that helps you accept yourself for the way that you're made. Um, and I think that's what is motivating. That's what makes the goals attainable is when you find that thing that speaks to you. Uh, if my goal was to run a half marathon, it would never happen. I mean, I, I could set that as a goal, but it's, it's not gonna happen. I mean even
0: with your never quit mentality. Even with
1: my never quit mentality, because I don't get nobody's gonna do that. It's too hot. It's too cold. Um, and so I think that's I think that's what's important when you're setting goals is you set things that you have a passion about um and you have to find what that one thing is and i mean sometimes it's something you have to find that you're kind of successful at i mean i probably don't like running because i'm not good at it i mean i'm i i do not like it I, I know that there's this myth about i don't know what is it where you break through and you have that Euphoria, whatever that happens. I mean, I have never. It's
0: a myth to you. It's,
1: it, I mean, that is a myth. I did, I've never experienced that. I, I don't. I'm thinking that might be death. Uh, is that when, you know? Is that when the EMS come? Um, I, I've never experienced that. Uh, I did do a 5K. Hated every single second of it. Swear, never do it again. And I haven't. Um, but you know, I, I think that's the key. Uh, you have to find that one thing that you're passionate about and that you're built to do. And I think once you find that, then the goals are easier. Uh, the It's not a matter of motivation because it's just internally something that you enjoy. And when you enjoy something, you don't really have to be motivated.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great advice. I mean, this is, this is not something I think a lot of people consider. They, they consider what other people do and say, okay, I want to be like that person or look like that person. I know I need to do this. It works for them. So I'm going to set this goal to run a half marathon and lose weight. And then they fail and they wonder, why did I fail? But I mean, if you first, first you had to try a bunch of different things. You said that you tried, tried CrossFit, you tried spin class you probably class, Zumba,
1: boot camp, you name it.
0: And then, but you realized you love the barbell.
1: I love the barbell.
0: So, and specifically the deadlift, the deadlift. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that kind of put you in that, that narrowed it down for you and it actually made it easy. Yeah. In a sense it made it easy. So of course you had all these things that you had to go through with being in a wheelchair for a few months, having the two injuries that really definitely slowed you down, but, didn't stop you because you you knew that that's what you love to do and you got back to it Um, and so I mean that's I think for anybody that's out there trying to or struggling to meet their goals or make their goals attainable first just find something you love doing
1: (laughs) yeah I mean I think you have to reassess your goal what is your goal and why is that your goal you know uh, like literally I used to think I wanted to run a half marathon but that's ridiculous I mean there's I could set that goal, but I, I could be 80 years old and I'm still not going to run a half marathon. I mean, I might get in my car and drive a half marathon, but <laughs> it's not. I mean, but you have to set a goal that fits you. And, you know, we all have God-given abilities. Uh, and then I think also coming to the acceptance that, you know, there are there are a lot of things out there, but you have to find the one that is for you. And then I think everything else falls in place. Mm-hmm. And it becomes easy.
0: And that for you is what turned your, your health around.
1: And that's what turned everything yeah. around.
0: And, and so for, before all this, in kind of like your mid to late 40s, you were a mother. You were going back to school, which was in your 30s when you went back mm-hmm. to your PhD. Um, and so I think a lot of parents, they probably struggle with this as well and can relate of taking care of your kids raising your kids and spending all the time on them because you love them so much you want them to succeed you want them to be healthy and then you completely ignore your own health um, which there's an extreme of that where I mean I think you were kind of a little bit towards that extreme you took care of your kids so much mm-hmm. you just said you know I'm I'm broken now I have this disease just whatever I'm you don't really care necessarily not that you didn't care but yeah. um, you cared about your kids and so you were kind of put aside and didn't take care of yourself. Um, is that kind of how how it was with you from like twenty to forty five years old of of that battle of how much how do I take care of myself? I don't I mean, I mean prioritizing.
1: There, I, I think I would go back and forth. There were times I would prioritize and you know get on a health kick, and then life would happen, and we'd have to do you know, and so it was back and forth probably all all through my twenties and thirties. Uh, I really think the the wake-up call was really when I got the diagnosis and, um, you know, I had an endocrinologist, the endocrinologist at the time said, basically, uh, you have to limit your stress and you have to take care of yourself. We cannot give you any more steroids. Uh, you know, you're literally killing yourself with, you know, the stress and uh, the health. And, you know, that's kind of, that, that was kind of a wake-up call that okay, i've I've got to find a better balance. I've got to take care of myself or I can't take care of anyone else around me. so That's uh, good point. but I mean, that didn't happen immediately. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. It, it and it's still you know a battle, but you know having grown kids, you have a little more extra time. so you know i I talked to some people, some of the med students, you know, and they're they're busy and they're like, how, you know, how do I take care of myself? How do mm-hmm. I balance this? And it, it I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know if I could have done this. I couldn't have committed the time that I commit to, you know, going to the gym and working out and stretching and doing all the things that I do every day when I had kids. Um, cause then you also have to sleep and there's only so many hours <laughs> in the day. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, I think that's a real challenge. and I, i'm I'm happy that I can do it now. I wish I would have been a lifelong uh, health kick person, but it it didn't happen, but it's kind of cool to be in my fifth decade and kind of comfortable in my skin and mm-hmm. you know feeling stronger. I mean, i'm pr- I'm pretty much stronger than I probably have ever been. In my life
0: Mm -hmm. and that's kind of cool yeah i think that also um there's there could be this thought that this is going to happen really quickly like i'm going to reach this goal really quickly or um there's this mentality especially i think in the younger generation of you know immediate satisfaction with something and so that this is you're definitely a testament to this that there were a lot of ups and downs but it's not that it's not too late No, <laughs> like it's because, and because, because you have a lot more time than you realize. And the fact that you um, start doing things later and are older, doesn't mean that you can't do them. Although you may have been thinking that several times here and there, um, I have this disease, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I have the, you know, like my kids to take care of, I can't do this. Um, I'm getting too old. I'm but in my forties, you- <laughs> like, how can I do this? Well, that, I mean, you blew that out of the water. Like that's, that's, that's a myth.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> um,
0: is. That the matter of age, actually it gets more important probably that as we get older that we're finding out that we become more I mean, active.
1: And weight you can even start important. later.
0: You can start later. You don't have to start when you're 20. Yeah. Um,
1: and weight training is important, especially for women. I mean, for bone health, uh, cardiovascular health. I mean, it helps all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's important to do some kind of some kind of something, um, as we get older, I mean, just to stay healthy, to stay moving. Uh, I mean, the worst thing that you can do is to quit doing any of that. Cause then you age, I think even faster and, you know, we just got to stave off this constant progression, mm-hmm. but it's never too late. I think recovery is harder. You know, you have to, you have to really be smart and listen to your body Uh, you can't, you know, push it probably like you could in your 20s or 30s. I really don't know. I didn't push it very hard in my (laughs) 20s or 30s, but I'm just going to assume that recovery would have been easier then. But, you know, I think the important thing is, again, do what you love and then listen to your body. And, you know, sometimes you just have to rest. And that's that's really hard when you have goals because you're like, ooh, I, I really need to be pushing it, but yeah. you have to rest and take care of yourself.
0: I think that training smarter, not harder. It can apply to any age, um, maybe to different degrees, but we definitely realize now through more research, how important recovery is, um, how important sleep is sleep. and whenever your body is, is recovering, you need to take those days to recover. Mm. Um, no matter what you're doing, whatever age you are, you definitely need to take care of that. So, um, one thing I wanted to circle back to with your autoimmune disorders what what is the um, so I mean you, you have to, you realize now that you can stay active or you can be active to help take care of these diseases but you at first you said no I have this so I can't do this um, but now you found that there is a balance so how do you balance an active lifestyle now with the symptoms of your Autoimmune disorders? And how has that affected?
1: I mean, I think, well, I mean, when I had the diagnosis, of course, my initial thought was just, I'm broken and this is it and I'm going to be broken. And, you know, who, who told
0: you that? Why did you think that?
1: I told myself okay. that. <laughs> but, I mean, basically, I told myself that. I mean, and I mean, it's a grieving process because you realize, oh, I have to take medicine for the rest of my life. Um, and for me, it was really hard because. You know, when you take steroids, you get a round face and you get puffy and you get you gain a lot of weight. And, you know, some mornings you're sitting there looking at those drugs going, hmm, I can take it and be fluffy or I cannot take it and I could die. You know, and, and it's kind of sad that that's kind of where your brain goes some mornings, but, um, you know, it really is, you know, you have those thoughts but i think you you just have to for me it was i just had to quit telling myself that i had to just say i'm not going to let a diagnosis uh control my life uh, yes i have to take medicine but and yes it may make me fluffier. or it may make my face round you know it's going to mess with my immune system, so I'm going to have to be more careful. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it has to control everything I do. Uh, I'm not my diagnosis. I'm I'm more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a person that has this. I'm not this as a person. Uh, and I think you you just have to come to that understanding and that acceptance. I mean, you have to, you have to grieve the loss of normal health. Uh, You have to grieve the loss that, you know, your body's not going to respond the way that other people's respond. Um, But then I think when it comes to exercising and health and training, you have to even be more in tune with your body. Um, You know, with Addison's, uh, any mental emotional, physical stress, uh, I may need an up dose. And so it took a lot of years to realize that mental stress is just as can be just as hard on me as spiking the fever. You know, I I may need extra meds to get through a really stressful day, just like I need meds, extra meds to get through um, a physical illness. And so I think realizing that it's really taught me to be, more aware of my emotional state, more aware of my physical state and really prioritizing the rest piece. Uh, You know, when you get busy, you're like, oh, I'll just stay up a little later and get that done. Uh, I can't do that. You know, if I don't get my rest, things will kind of snowball pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what I've, I think that's what you have to do. And unfortunately, you know, it took me having, Uh, an autoimmune disorder to kind of learn that. Uh, And if you can learn it without having that, that's even better. Uh, But I think you just have to accept that. And I I think that's it. It's acceptance. You know, this is, this is, this is the body I have. You know, God made it. It's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, We all have challenges. We all have things that, you know, we have to get through. No one's life is, as perfect as we think it is, and this is my challenge. And you know, if if I can do it, and if that helps someone else see that they can do it, if it inspires them to, you know, whatever challenge they have that they can overcome it, then you know, that's that's what I want. But I, I don't want, I don't want my conditions to limit what I can do. And I think in the beginning, I felt like they were they were the limits and that was what was defining me. But lifting has really helped me kind of put that aside. I mean, it's taken years, but lifting really has, you know, helped put aside some body image issues, some health issues, you know, limitations. And when I can get on the platform and lift, 290 pounds I think it just shows that you know one God really knows what he's doing Uh, he's in control and he's kind of got this uh, he knows you know he knows what we need and number two you you can do things that you don't even think you can do and you don't need to put limits on yourself you know, can I go lift 700 pounds? No, but I don't need to, you know, I know that every day I'm getting a little stronger and it's just a little sweeter because I know I'm fighting uh, some other challenges that that's okay. Mm -hmm.
0: So how about this? Are you working towards any other goals right now? Have you set that goal yet? I mean, you've already attained everything, right?
1: Not everything. I <laughs> so what's some, next? I set some lifetime goals. Uh, so next, uh, just increase my numbers. So, um, my lifetime goal for a bench when I first started, this was going to be 150. So I've actually done 145 in the gym, so I'm almost there. So going to have to set a new goal there. Um, and then I think my next competition will probably be in February.
0: And that's no longer a rookie meet, right?
1: No more rookie meets, <laughs> uh, full on meet. So, uh, I think my next goals will definitely be plus 300 in the deadlift. Um, a squat. I mean, I would like to be getting to 275, 300 range. Uh, that's probably not going to be, uh, that may take me a year or so, but, um, I'd like to get there. So right now my total is around, well, almost at 650. So I definitely would like a 700 plus total. Uh, Again, that's going to take a little bit of time, but I think it's doable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, I go, I just like to go to the gym and get the weights a little higher. Uh, I will say the the problem with weights being a little higher is the workouts are a little tougher. Uh, 80% of 300 is a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So that's kind of intimidating when you see that on the plan, but uh, it's also exciting when you finish it and you're tired and your muscles are sore, but you're like, wow, Uh, I remember when I couldn't walk. And I remember when the barbell was uh, unbelievably heavy and, impossible to lift
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and now i can lift it with you know several plates on it so
0: so what does your everyday training regimen look like Uh, i mean your your balance with training or like what is it sounds pretty consistent so
1: so every day is exactly the same Uh, i work like i said i work for the college of medicine so i'm able to start my day around nine so I go to the gym every morning. I'm there. I start training at seven. Um, I'm usually there by six forty-five or so every morning. Uh, Workout for an hour. Usually I'm finishing by eight, a little after eight. Uh, Monday is squats. Tuesday is bench. Wednesday's cardio. No Sorry. running, though. No running <laughs> <laughs> at all. Uh, Thursday's deadlift, and then Friday is usually shoulders and back. Uh, And that's every single week. Uh, Start with the big lift and then do some accessory work. And then always finish out with some abs and some stretching and some mobility work. Uh, Then go to work. Right now working from home because of the whole COVID thing. uh, That's actually, I'm trying to be really conscious about getting up during the day. Because when I'm at home, you know, the commute from... Uh, the bedroom to the couch isn't that long, uh, <laughs> so trying to consciously get up and walk around during the day, uh, just to not get stiff. Because man, the the steps are way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and what do then, you do
0: for your recovery days? So Saturday, Sunday, uh, you recover.
1: So now I do some swimming.
0: Um, yeah, cause you got a yeah, place to swim. I got a
1: place to swim. So do some <laughs> swimming. Uh, sometimes recovery is just, um, just some stretching depending on how sore I am rolling out, maybe some yoga, uh, just to keep everything limber. Now that I can walk again, any distance, you know, uh, maybe taking a walk, just little stuff like that. Nothing.
0: I, I like that you still do something on your rest day um, and not completely just sit there and do nothing and watch TV or because you, it, it could make things a little bit worse as far as how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it will help you recover a little bit faster if you're doing some kind of movement. I really like the swimming idea of doing some movement in the pool and then walking. I mean, those very simple. I mean, if you don't have a pool, just walk. Um, get out there and go walk a mile, walk a mile and a half. It doesn't take more than 20, 25 minutes to do that. So um, I like that, what, what you do for your recovery. And so how about this? What what kind of uh, – have you ever considered any other activities that you would like to try that you haven't tried yet that you think you might like? No. <laughs> <laughs> You now, found what you like,
1: and you're. I found to it. what I like, and i stick with it. No, I always joke because I'll see things. Uh, I'm not like the most coordinated, graceful person, and so I'll find. You know, there'll be like the like like the TRX stuff, or mm-hmm. um, oh, what was it? Something like different kind of yogas or aerial yogas or you know all that crazy stuff. And I'm like, ooh, I'll do that, and whenever I show my husband or anybody a picture of that, they're like, no, there's not enough bubble wrap in the world <laughs> to keep you safe in something like that. Um, I mean, I think, I think the things I do, I mean, I love the, I love the lifting and I really feel like that's something I can continue to do. It may not always be heavy. Um, but it's something that I, you know, I can always do resistance training, uh, Because I like to watch the, you know, the eighty-year-old woman doing the deadlift. That's amazing. I'm like that's gonna be me.
0: <laughs> that's uh, right.
1: But you know, I, I the swimming has been a nice addition. Um, it's so much harder than you think.
0: Did you do any swimming before? No. Okay, so that's that's new for you. That's new. Yeah. Uh,
1: but it, it's nice because um, you know, with the injuries, it's I can do a little more and it's nice to be able to stretch and have and jump because I still don't like to jump on land. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah,
0: you only do it when I make you do it.
1: Only when you make me do it.
0: (laughs) That's part of your um, at home stuff. Yeah. You said you do it.
1: I do it every day. You do it in the pool. (laughs) I do I do the jumping in the pool. Um, But yeah, no, I don't think there's anything that I'm like, desperate to try right now
0: um so what about where where do you work out I'll give a little shout out to your gym
1: oh yeah i work out at merit house fitness boutique it's amazing it's super clean
0: <laughs> definitely i love yeah. it it's
1: probably the cleanest place in the world i i say it's cleaner than my house <laughs> uh, which probably is true uh, it's it's amazing uh, Sometimes it's feel like, it feels like cheers, you know, where you walk in and they say your name. Uh, so it's small, it's happy, it's bright, amazing equipment. And, you know, it, it's. I spend a lot of time there and I love it. The people are great, encouraging, and it's, it's a great place.
0: So it's a clean, safe place to work out right now. Mm-hmm. And you've got some great coaches and trainers yep. there. The owner's great. Um, and it sounds like you've got the, a good team around you.
1: I do. It takes an army to keep me going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the, if people want to work out with you, that's where they find you, huh?
1: That's where they find me. 7 Five a days m. a week,
0: 7am. Go work out with yeah. Angie. <laughs> Don't come
1: on Wednesday. I'm not happy.
0: <laughs> well, maybe we should come on Wednesday to push you a little bit. Yeah. Get you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, I think we're uh, the best place for someone to find you would be at the gym. Yeah. Um, or on Zoom (laughs) unfortunately on Zoom (laughs) Uh, but we want to see you in person see your smiling face in person it's a little different when it's through a screen right? it's not the same thing you don't get the same feelings Um, so just to kind of summarize a little bit uh, I think we just heard a pretty unbelievable story from you Um, I haven't heard all those details and I think a lot of people can relate to this, um, of the, the ups and downs, uh, that life takes you through. And then thinking that you can do, can't do something and realizing somebody's telling you to do it for you. Uh, it was God telling you over and over, you can do this. It's not you, but it's me. And so you were able to find a way through even while raising your kids, um, getting, you know, refining your career going further and further in your education, getting your PhD in your late thirties, and then getting slammed with a diagnosis of Addison's and Hashimoto's. Um, we didn't even talk about Hashimoto's really. That's, that's something that can really affect your lifestyle quite a bit. Um, but it is also very well managed with um, exercise and physical mm-hmm. activity. So you, you were able to find the ways to get to, to work through them. And then um, almost a catastrophic injury, which puts you in a wheelchair that I think a majority of people would quit and May may not, may not ever do more than walk again, um, but then you started walking. You had a lot of pain when you walked. You learned how to walk again, and then you started working out again. Then you couldn't walk from your car to your office. And you realized I need some more help. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Thankfully, we were able to help you get through that and get you to your your goal of of over six hundred. That was kind of your goal, yep. right, of your total this year. Um, so you've you've kind of almost mastered the art of uh, of goal. Um, goal writing (laughs) and then achieving those goals um, gave some often awesome advice there on helping people to find what they love and continue to do that rather than try to force themselves to do something they don't enjoy doing and then just failing and not you know not reaching those goals so uh, beyond that is there anything else you'd like to add
1: just love God love people live with purpose
0: amen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> love god love people live with purpose well with that angie thank you so much for coming on the show this is awesome can't wait to put it out there for everybody to hear thank you for more information about college station physical therapy and performance please visit our website at CollegeStationPT.com or check us out on facebook at college station physical therapy and performance or on instagram at college station pt that's it for today please subscribe so you don't miss the next podcast Thanks for listening, everybody, to The Active Texan.